With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Do you know, do you know, do you know who the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are? They're a Catholic hate group. Hello, I'm Dan Dockage, and welcome. They're a Catholic hate group. How do you hate us Catholics? Like, you can give us the business. Obviously, the entire priest thing was bad, terrible, horrific. I don't mind you giving us the business there, but the Catholic faith goes on, and you're the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, doesn't that mean the Angels in Los Angeles? I don't know. I feel like Ron Burgundy, San Diego. San Diego was named. No, I think it means St. Diego. Uh, But it seems to me that Los Angeles means the angels. No, wait, yeah. And guess what? So the, I don't believe it. it, This is awesome. I'm a little bit verklempt right here. I've never seen this before in my life where current Major League Baseball players go at a team about who they are promoting. Now, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence are a hate group, one of these drag show uh, Sam Britton or whatever that, remember the luggage, luggage stealer, the sicko luggage, luggage stealer? He's like in this group. He's the face of the group. And the Dodgers decide in their pride ceremonies that they are going to honor this group after backlash. Who would backlash this? Well, Trevor Williams, a guy that I like, he pitched for the Cubs for a little bit. He ain't having it. He's not on the Dodgers, but he ain't having it. Let's hear or see from Trevor Williams, he put a long post out basically saying, hey, look, it is time for us to get rid of the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence on the field. And he's not wrong. He's right. He's a thousand percent right. Look, Trevor Williams ain't wrong. Trevor Williams to me is a hero. Trevor Williams to me is a guy we got to start following because Trevor Williams has some sack. He does. He's got stonage, and he's sitting there. What are you doing, Dan? He's sitting there telling us all, look, this is absurd. This is ridiculous. We should not be doing this as a Catholic. Why are we only concerned about everyone other than Catholics? As a devout Catholic, I'm troubled by the Dodgers' decision to reinvite and honor the group Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. All right. To invite and honor a group that makes a blatant and deeply offensive mockery of my religion and the religion of over 4 million people in Los Angeles County alone undermines the values of respect and inclusivity that should be upheld by the organization. It does seem that the Dodgers have made an exception in this case, doubling down that this group, which grossly disrespect and openly mocks many of the traditions and belief that Catholics most hold dear, should be celebrated. That's the problem. Why are we celebrating these jackasses? Why are we openly celebrating them? Tell me, please, tell me, why are we celebrating a group that mocks 4 million people in your area? Now, look, I take a lot of crap. I take it every day. I don't really care. 
and I don't get all emotional about this stuff, but damn, I did go to Catholic school. I did go to Catholic high school. I do practice Catholicism. I am disgusted by some of the things, but why do I have to go to a baseball game and see a group that openly mocks my faith? Please explain that to me. You can't. You cannot. The only explanation is the Dodgers did what every group is doing now in the interest of inclusion, and they don't want some alphabet soup idiots running roughshod, but it really wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. The Dodgers should stand up. Hell, even Blake uh, Tiernan, one of their own players, one of their own players is like, what are you idiots doing? We got a lot of idiots today, so if you don't like discussion about idiots, I don't know what to tell you, but let's show a little bit from Dodger player Blake Tennant. I mean, honest to God, what, 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 he's sitting there going, uh, you know, well, that's Clayton Kershaw. Uh, don't we have Tennant's uh, comment on it from Robbie Starbuck? Maybe we don't. Clayton Kershaw has been with the organization since 2006, says he issues with the sisters and not the LGB community. Now, of course it is. Of course, nobody gives a rat's ass if you want to put the LGBTQ2 community, we all know that's the, that's what you got to do. We're inclusive. Why do you have to be inclusive at a baseball game? Why can't you just have a baseball game? Somebody tell me, why can't you just go to a baseball game and have bat night, hat night, 10 cent beer night, Schlievovitz night, bald guy night? Why does everything have to involve sex? Because that's all this is. Who's stupid who? This has nothing to do with the LG, whatever, community or pride or anything like that. This is simply a group that was making fun of a religion that I don't agree with. So, he's not boycotting because he's chicken blank. But the fact of the matter is, this is all crap. And I hope you understand this. This is where we're headed. Now, I don't know if we have tenants, but Kershaw announced, here's Kershaw's announcement, that he is having a day. He is having a day. He's basically having a Catholic day. And the fact of the matter is, I stand with Kershaw. Like, hey, look, you want to do that? Great, Dodgers. That's your thing. Good for you, Magic Johnson. All right, here's Blake Tennant. I'm disappointed to see the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence being honored as heroes at Dodger Stadium. Many of the performance are blasphemous, and their work only displays hate and mockery of Catholic religion. Well, duh. Yeah, that's what it does. It does that right there. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe the word of God is true. Yeah, but you're not allowed to because you got to give in to perverts. That's what you got to give in to. Yeah, it's just unbelievable. It is really unbelievable that this is the world that we're in. And if you're bored with this conversation, the show gets better. I promise you. Um, let's go back, can we, to Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw going to have a night. Clayton Kershaw announced that he is going to have a night. He's going to have a night that is going to be for Catholic. Here's Clayton Kershaw. Excited to announce the relaunch of Christian Faith and Family Day at Dodger Stadium on July 30th. More details to come. We're grateful for the opportunity to talk about Jesus and determined to make it bigger and better than it was before COVID. Hope to see you. Now, 
There you go. The Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. This group is so strong that they've got 8,600 Twitter followers. Why are you worried about these people? It is the damnedest thing I have ever seen. I don't understand it. I don't give a rat's about it. I think it's idiotic. But you know what? You know what? It is what it is. Um, I do want to get into a couple of things. I do. I'm going to let potluck season go. But you got to see this video. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm going straight to Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen. No tipping Pippen is an idiot. Now, I understand he's upset because Larsa, his wife, is stooping Michael Jordan's son. I understand that. And that's just a weird thing, right? Pippen and Jordan, Jordan and Pippen, they were always teammates. They were always the man. But no tipping Pippen completely lost his mind. Let's hear from no tipping. LeBron will be the greatest statistical guy to ever play the game of basketball. And there's no comparison to him. None. So, does that make him the greatest player to ever play the game? I'll leave that out for debating because I don't believe that there's a great player because our game is a team game and one player can't do it. Like, I seen Michael Jordan play before I came to play with the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He's a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one. He's shooting bad shots. And all of a sudden, we become a team and we start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Well, good for him. I mean, Michael Jordan won 72% of his games without no tipping Pippen. Uh, uh, he was 36-9 and nine without Rodman. I mean, you know, we can sit here and discuss, all right? We can sit here and lose our minds about it. But, you know, when you say Michael Jordan was a bad player, you're out of your mind. Yeah, maybe he shot too much. Yeah, maybe he did what you didn't. Okay. But he was also on a team with freaking druggies. I mean, they had San Quentin Daly. They had Orlando Woolridge and others. They had a bunch of crazy people. So Jordan comes in and straightens out the whole damn thing. He played three seasons without the Bulls before Pippen. In 86-87, he averaged 37, five rebounds, 4.6 assists, 2.9 steals, and 1.5 blocks. That's pretty good. I don't know. That's not bad. Now, something happened, and the something that happened was the stupid. It's always the stupid. I try to tell you, it is always stupid or money or whatever. But that's it. It's always sex or money that drives a wedge in between people, always. Don't tell me it's not. I mean, the deal is very simple. These two liked each other. MJ, you have touched so many people's lives, none like mine. Thank you for bringing the best teammate. I will cherish our relationship. That was in 2010, 2023. I've seen Michael play before I came to the Bulls. You guys seen him play. He was a horrible player. He was horrible to play with. He was all one-on-one, shooting bad shots. All of a sudden, we become a team. We start winning. Everybody forgot who he was. Well, maybe. Hey, look, he's entitled to his opinion. But, you know, Michael Jordan was pretty good in college. Michael Jordan was pretty good when he dropped 60 on the Celtics as a rookie. I mean, let's be honest. Michael Jordan elevated an entire franchise. No more than that, he elevated an entire city and certainly did it with Scottie Pippen's help. help. As 60-year-old men, I get it, man. Hey, look, I've never been more rambunctious than I am at 60. I am. I love it. I love it. I ain't mad about it. 
And I love the fact that our guys, Nick and Dylan and Ryan and everybody got this up because that is the difference. And it all comes down to stupid. Marcus Jordan is stupid Larsa Pippen. And Scottie Pippen is embarrassed by it. Wait a second. You lost your daughter. Now, you got to understand about Scottie Pippen. And you'll get this only here, by the way. Scottie Pippen is one of the greatest sexual dynamos the NBA has ever seen. There are legendary stories in and around Chicago of Michael Jordan trying to get with Madonna, and Madonna's like, no, sir. No tipping Pippen is my guy. He's the one. I mean, women turned down MJ for no tipping Pippen. I mean, it's glorious. So guess what? Uh, it has to crush his soul, crush his soul that, well, I don't know, Michael Jordan's son, his son is hanging with his ex-wife. Got to crush your soul. It does. It's got to crush your soul. I'm sorry. It, it, just, it just has to. But anyway, uh, it is interesting. When you get 60, see, you just say things. You don't care. You know, yesterday I'm going back and forth with Sarah Spain. She's all mad because we're calling her out because she's one of the ESPN women. I got to get into the ESPN women here. I do. I got to get into the ESPN women. You know, back in the day when I told some crazy ass uh, professor that I wouldn't go swimming with her, I got a call from Stephanie Drooley, who was like the head of us at ESPN. Well, the women of ESPN are upset with you, Dan. I go, let me tell you something. You're college basket. You're married. You're married with two kids. College football writer is currently having an affair with a friend of mine who's married as well. Don't tell me about the women of ESPN. The women of ESPN are disgusting and they're gutless. If they're not named Sand Ponder uh, or if they are not named Sage Steele, they are gutless. The men of ESPN are gutless too. The men of ESPN are sitting around watching, just sitting here watching, watching all of this go down with one of their colleagues, Sam Ponder, not saying a word, being called a bigot, being called all kinds of things. Now, it's never happened to you in a national newspaper, but it has happened to me. And you sit there and you go, damn, who's stepping up? I'll step up. Uh, I text with both Sam and Sage last night. They're wonderful people. Awesome, awesome, awesome people. But where are the men of ESPN? Where's Nicole Briscoe? Nicole Briscoe is either a racist or she's incredibly jealous of Sam Ponder. All you've got to do is read the latest on, I'm sorry, on Sage Steele. All you've got to do is read the latest in Vanity Fair that came out the other day on Sage Steele's lawsuit. You know, we sit here, like I got into a thing yesterday with this woman here, uh, Sarah Spain, and she did what she does which is switch all the words and all that kind of stuff. It's great. It's awesome. You can't win against the worst human beings in media. Nicole Briscoe, Sam, uh, excuse me, uh, Sarah Spank. You can't win against these people because they have no repunction at all for lying, switching the truth, switching the narrative, playing the victim, and they got a big enough audience to do it. I'll talk to Clay about this. But the ESPN... ESPN, ESPN crime is awesome. Uh, speaking of ESPN, the Alabama governor just crushed ESPN. ESPN's all mad, apparently, because, well, a bill was passed in Alabama that said, hey, look, biological boys, you can't play with girls on college teams. 
Doesn't seem anything out of the ordinary. Doesn't seem anything anywhere, anytime. Doesn't seem like that's a big deal. But ESPN says, listen to this, Alabama governor, Kay Ivey, who you see right there, signed legislation on Tuesday that will ban transgender women from playing on female sports teams in college. Mrs. Ivey wasn't having it. Mrs. Ivey said, let me fix that for you, ESPN. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey signed legislation that will ban biological, in quote, in caps, men from playing on female sports teams in college. There's a big difference. Transgender women, that's the ESPN way. The real way is Kay Ivey signed legislation on Tuesday that will ban biological men from playing on female sports teams in college. There's a big distinction there. But see, ESPN can't do it. And that's what I'm talking about, Sarah Spain and the women of ESPN. They just can't be intellectually honest. They've got to switch things. They've got to change things. Like, I'll be the first to tell you, Sarah Spain was a diversity hire. Uh, Sarah Spain was hired because she was female. At the time, ESPN needed a female as a radio. She got hired. Good for her that she doesn't understand that. Great. But that's a fact. You can switch it all you like. I was in meetings. They offered me different jobs in radio. I know the deal. They just can't get it right. And they got to switch everything up and they got to play the victim. And that's fine. Do whatever you need to do. But the fact of the matter is good for the governor. Good for the governor of Alabama not sitting back listening to this crap. Period. Period. Apparently, uh, Republican white women uh, are tools only of their husband, according to something named Sonny Hostin, who apparently is on The View. I'll give The View credit. They're such idiots that people talk about them every day. Now, this woman kind of hot, if you want to know the truth, until she opens her mouth, and then you're like, my God. But she feels like only liberal women, and I'm betting she feels like only women of color, aren't puppets for their husband. Let's hear from this idiot. I have a similar theory, and, and it's borne out when you look at the studies and when you, when you read books like, uh, it's a book that came out a long time ago about she owned, owned property as well, meaning white women owned slaves as well. Um, I, I think that women, white women in particular, want to protect this patriarchy here because it's to their benefit. Yeah. They want to make sure that their husbands do well. They want to make sure that their sons do well. They want to make sure that their children do well. And they want to make sure that they do well. Most of the women <gasps> in some of these studies are married white women, and they do fall in line with what their husbands are doing, what their, how what their do husbands are voting. What do you attribute the Cuomo, continued Cuomo support among women, female voters or mm -hmm. Bill Clinton support? I think, I think the part of that, oh, thank you, that's nice. <laughs> I have uh, a fear I for think, one. I, I think, I think part, part of that is, is to Joy's position. They think that those, uh, the, the policies of, let's say, a Clinton is going to, yes. is, is in line with their policies. I think with 
white female Republicans, you have a Republican Party that is taking away your health right to decide for but yourself. An, you have all of these there's things. There's an actual that are quote in this article, one of the women. people interviewed, who says, I think Trump's an idiot. I hate him as a person. <laughs> Jeez. But I'm concerned about the economy. I can barely afford to live. <laughs> I went to college. Less. I have yeah, a degree. Uh, let's put in a new thing. All right. No video of the view. We're going to put that in. No video of the view giving these clowns, these idiots, these racist pass a platform on our platform is no good. She has no, absolutely none. Zero. Zip. Nada. See, you got to understand. Uh, I, uh, according to books that I read, uh, I don't know the books, man. Uh, I, I don't know them. But yeah, there's like books and stuff. I mean, we have idiots among us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny Hansen lives in the rich, exclusive city of Purchase, New York. It's one of the most white, 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 whitey, white, white, almost translucent areas to live in in the entire country. Of course she does. Of course she does. Because like the women of ESPN, they are on this show stone hypocrites. And I got to tell you, uh, real women... Don't act like this. Real women don't act like Sarah Spain. Real women don't act like the women of ESPN. In fact, real men don't act like the men of ESPN. ESPN men are cowards. They are. They're absolute cowards. Not one has stood up. Where's Rex Ryan in this? Where's Mike Greenberg in this? I know where Mike Greenberg's getting fitted for his uh, tight pants and his new suit and his way to stand like this. That's where Mike Greenberg is. Where's Mike Greenberg? Where are all these guys defending a woman who is an actual woman? Not a, not a caricature. Like, where, where are these people? Somebody explain it to me. I don't have the answer. Um, I love this. I love this. A camera operator took it upon himself to clobber a climate change protester. He clobbers this guy because this guy decided to get in his way. Let's get a little video of this bad boy. How good is this show today? My God, let's show some. Ziggler makes it back to his feet. Is he going to deliver? Sweet. Oh, the attack from out of nice. Hey, John Boom. <laughs> I mean, dude, show that again. That came out of nowhere. That was a haymaker. That was a haymaker. Boom! He makes it back to his feet. Boom! Is he going to deliver? Watch this. Boom! That is something I can get behind. Can we not get behind this? Can we not? Honest to God, that, my friends, is glorious. That, my friends, is something that every camera operator in America needs to put in the back of his head and say, if I'm ever in this situation, that's what I'm doing. Serious business. That's the direction I'm taking, ladies and gentlemen, because you ain't doing that on my set. I'm here to do a damn job. I'm here to get this right. Don't at me about it. Must smack the living you know what out of me. Hey, did you see this? Did you see the latest? I love that. I can't love that anymore. I can't. Hey, don't at me about it. Did you see the latest out of Disney? Did you see Disney 
and ESPN, they just can't help themselves. <laughs> this camera operator, he just couldn't help himself. ESPN and Disney, they decide we're going to welcome children with a man in drag. Now, I want you to think about that just for a second. You go to Disney. Why would you go to Disney and give a rat's ass who anybody is stupid? Why would I go to Disney and want to see a man in drag? Why? <laughs> this nuts. <laughs> Tell me why. I want to show up. Yay, it's a small world ride. Yay. Uh, hey, with a rack. Show this clown. Let's get the video of the latest idiocy from Disney. Look at this guy. Is this unbelievable? My God. My God. A boycott of Disney will never work because where are you going to go? Like, if you're smart and you're a little bit older, you go to Cedar Point. Cedar Point's got the best rides. I never understood Disney. I didn't. I'm not going to lie. Whenever I went to Disney, I got Disney heel. Uh, plantar fasciitis. It hurt forever. And I'm not one of those. I got friends that go to Disney and they sit around and they drink beers and they think it's great. I don't get it. Like, I don't know. But why would anybody go to Disney? Why would anybody say, you know what? I want to go support that. It's time we stood up. Seriously. It's time we just said, what are we doing here, people? Uh, Lizzo, Lizzo wants you to stop talking about her big fat body. All right. I don't even know what a Lizzo is. And I don't even care what a Lizzo is. I don't. I don't care even a little bit about Lizzo. But apparently, this uh, big old gal who is making a fortune being a big old gal wants you to stop talking about her body. I guess my question then would be, what are we supposed to talk about with you? Your singing is god-awful. There's nothing about you that's attractive. You, you, and I get it. We're not supposed to say that. But look, my opinion on what's attractive may be different than yours, but that's my opinion. Liz nuts. <laughs> She wants you to stop talking about her body. Okay. All right. As soon as you stop talking about your body. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. You stop, we stop, we all stop. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we'll all stop. I'm telling my kids this was Lizzo. Oh, we're going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble for just laughing. You know what I mean? You get in trouble for just laughing. You can't tell a joke. We can't on this show. That's why you love the show. All right. Hey, Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's trying to get you to narc on yourself. Look, what is Mark Cuban doing? Mark Cuban sent a tweet out yesterday wanting to know if you, Jennifer, yes, you, Jennifer, are pirating cable. Are you pirating the games, uh, the playoff games? What? Narc Cuban. Let's see the tweet from Narc Cuban. Got a personal question for everyone watching Heat Celts right now. Who is watching on a pirated stream? I'm curious how prevalent it is. Oh, Mark, um, I am. And not only that, I robbed a 7-Eleven, murdered two kids, and uh, threw my dog in Geist. Was that wrong? <laughs> 
Is there anything funnier than the self-importance of these deep bags? Well, fans weren't having it. Got a personal question for everyone watching He sells right now. Who is watching? <laughs> Look at that. Paul Sack Sports got me once, and I love it. I love it. I do. I absolutely love it. We got to get Cuban on. Cuban used to come on my other show. Look at him. Oh, <laughs> uh, is there anything better? Seriously. Come on, Narc Cuban. Come on. Got any more? Might as well. There's like a thousand of these, but you get the point. Cuban wanted you to tell on yourself. How about them apples? Man. Well, Mark, you know, don't tell anybody, but, you know, my mother-in-law is under the pool that we built, kind of, oh, you know, I don't know, Jimmy Hoffa style, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, Mark, since you, as an owner of the Mavericks, thus making you some type of important person that we're supposed to spill our guts to, yes, Mark, yes, you got it, Mark. Hey, did you know Boycott Target is now the number one song on Apple iTunes? Beating, ladies and gentlemen, that's right, beating. <laughs> Fat bastard. <laughs> yes, I'm laughing. Yes, I am laughing. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry, but it should laugh along. We need more laughter. I mean, the woman gets up there just shaking whatever it is that she's shaking, and we're all supposed to go, oh, it's great. Hey, my ass. <laughs> Fat bastard. Fat bastard. Yes, right. Oh, man. Uh, Dan, Lizzo, oh, you guys are killing it. Lizzo calling into DD for bigums. Pizza the Hut. Yeah. Number one, boycott Target. Stay with the boycott. How about in Indianapolis, our guys at Sun King, two mom's beer. What? It's killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. All right. You guys know who Fireman Ed is? The super fan of the New York Jets. The real fireman. Uh, he's going to join us. Clay Travis is going to join us. Hey, Jennifer and all of you on the YouTube chat, can you explain something to me, please? Can you explain something to me? Where the hell are all the men? Where are all the men? Where are all the men of ESPN? Like, where are they? Where the hell are all the chicken blank men of ESPN defending the women of ESPN? All I hear from is the sorry ass, ridiculous women. Where are the men? Be right back. Drives me nuts. Where are they? Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Hey, welcome back. We're working on getting with Fireman Ed of New York Jets fame. We got to know whether the Jets are actually uh, something or somewhere very, very, very interesting or exciting this year. I do know this. Aaron Rodgers has been seen bebopping. That's right. I said bebopping uh, to Taylor Swift. And who doesn't bebop to Taylor Swift? I do have to ask the YouTube chat. Uh, a simple question. When did Taylor Swift, who has always been big, when did she take on this new iconic status? When did this happen? I don't know. I want to ask, when did this happen? Like, all of a sudden, tickets are $8 million. All of a sudden, you got Aaron Rodgers bebopping. Hey, you know, all right. All of a sudden, Taylor Swift is a big thing. She's always been a big thing. But this is at another level. The YouTube chat, by the way, not happy with the men of ESPN. Andy Hughes says the men of ESPN are gutless. Marby Dog says there's no T in ESPN. How do you sit there at ESPN and be damn afraid, afraid to support Sam Ponder, one of your colleagues, or, or Sage Steele, one of your colleagues? I'll never understand men like that. I mean, they cried like babies. Remember uh, Herb Street crying like a baby when it fit his career, right? You cry. See, here's what you do if you're a white dude at ESPN. You cry like a baby at social injustice, which is great, and you befriend Pat McAfee. You say, hey, man, Pat McAfee's my boy. That's what you do. That's what you do. But defend women? No, you can't do that. You can't do that. I mean, that, I guess, is a bad look. Nobody stays on top forever. I'll tell you right now, and I'm going to keep telling you this. Uh, I think Taylor Swift will stay there for a long time. Uh, Here's the deal. When you look at what is going on in the world, men need to stand up. It's interesting. I have always stood up, right? And I always get crushed because when you deal with the Greg Doyles of the world, the Sarah Spains of the world, the Joanna Mellises of the world, when you deal with people that don't mind lying and switching the truth, you always lose. Always. The Sarah Spains of the world, you always lose. But you know what? You got to stand up. And I found it, I find it interesting. My wife made this point. I haven't talked to Sam Ponder in a long time. I'm defending it and all of a sudden we're boys again. You know, people that stand up, people always come to eventually because every single one of us is going to, at least in the media, is going to come under attack. Everyone, everyone is going to come under attack. Every single guy, girl. If Sam Ponder and Sage Steele can come under attack, anybody can come under attack because they are two of the best people that I know. But we're all going to come under attack, period. So, understand it. Uh, I do agree. David Carroll, the men of ESPN are job-scared little batches. That's exactly what they are. It's exactly who they are. Where's Rex Ryan? Oh, the big mouth Rex Ryan. Where's he defending Sage Steele? Uh, does Ryan Clark only defend black people or can he cross over? I know he doesn't like Sage Steele, but can he cross over to Sam Ponder, a colleague of his, a colleague, ladies and gentlemen, of his on the football side of ESPN? I mean, is that impossible? Is that too much to ask? We're going to get into this with Clay Travis, but the amount of chicken blank out of the men of ESPN, they're all job scared. Where's Lee fitting? Where's Lee fit? Lee's a friend of mine. Lee is in charge of football. Where is Lee fitting defending Sam Ponder? I mean, I get it. The, oh man, the stock options are great. 
when you are an executive at ESPN. I totally understand it. Do we have a fireman Ed yet? All right, good. You're the face of the Jets. You've been the face of the Jets forever because the Jets have had no face. Now they have a face, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. How long has it been since you've had this kind of optimism out of your Jets? Well, you'd have to go back to Rex Ryan. You know, in the days of Rex Ryan, that would be probably the last time we uh, had a, any relevancy. You know, we haven't been in the playoffs in 12 years. We haven't had a home playoff game in 21 years. And we haven't won a world championship in 54 years uh, with Joe Willie Namath. By the way, happy birthday to Joe Willie Namath, the greatest Jet of all time. Uh, I got to tell you, I, I, I'm with you. I saw Joe Willie Namath. Uh, resplendent in a fur coat back in about 1972 or whatever year it was in Soldier, uh, Soldier Field. And he, I'll give him this, man, he lived up to the reputation because he had some hot blondes with him. He had the whole thing going. God bless <laughs> Joe Willie Namath. Where, <laughs> hey, where, where did the J-E-T-S Jets, how did that thing start? Well, it started back in Shea Stadium with a fellow by the name of Larry Mack, who was a New York City firefighter like myself. Um, he started with a wig, and he put J.E. and T.S. on his butt and uh, did the jet chant and then moon the other team. So that's how it started. And then when we went over to the Meadowlands, uh, there was a guy, Donnie Schaefer, was in 319, and uh, Dom Valenza, who just passed away last month, God rest I love Dom. He was in 301. They used to go back and forth in the sections and the upper deck. And then me and my brother Frankie started doing it in 1986. And uh, we've kept the tradition alive since. Hey, I, I got to ask you, all right, what is reasonable? What is a reasonable expectation for this Jets team under Aaron Rodgers? Reasonable? Reasonable is winning a world championship. I think we will win a world championship. You know, you got to have a little luck and you got to, the football gods, you got to be healthy. So, um, but if, if we have health, we're going to have a legitimate shot at this thing. So, um, you know, the first thing is, listen, the mission is to stack wins, get home field throughout the playoffs for the first time in our history, and the Jeff fans will do the rest. Did you see what Le'Veon Bell said about Adam Gaze? Yeah, that's a, that's a thing of the past. We move on from that. I don't even – that was a joke all the way around. I mean, they ruined Sam Donald to begin with. So uh, that was a whole nother uh, catastrophe. You you mentioned Joe Willie Namath, the best uh, of the Jets. Who's second best and who is the biggest disappointment in your time with the Jets? Well, Joe Klecko is probably the second greatest Jet of all time. He'll be inducted into Canton this, this uh, summer. Looking forward to that, along with the Revis. Um, Joe Klecko would be my second favorite uh the biggest disappointment in jet history oh geez um i don't know that's hard this there's, there's uh there's quite a few people think ken o'brien was a disappointment because he came in with the class of marino and elway and all those guys but statistically ken o'brien was not a bad quarterback no ken o'brien was a real good quarterback he got shellacked his first year i think he had got sacked 66 times I mean, oh, I think that was a record at the time. It was ridiculous. So Ken O'Brien was a good quarterback, but, you know, he didn't have a hell of a lot around him in the beginning. Um, he started to get better players as, as it went along. Um, listen, we haven't had a guy at the helm since Joe Willie 
Uh, Vinny Testaverde was for a short time, but then he blew out his Achilles. And I was looking back, you know, Mark Sanchez, they ruined him. He was doing well his first two years, but then they just went away from the philosophy. And, um, you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers is by far the uh, best quarterback we've ever had, other than Joe Willie. When you started hearing about Rodgers to the Jets, did you buy it? You know, not at first. No, no. I, I, you know, I thought the compensation was would be a lot more than what we gave them. To be honest with you, um, Aaron Rodgers has plenty left in the tank. Sounds like you're a Chicago Bear fan, so you know all about Aaron Rodgers. So you know, to me, uh, you know, he he's top five quarterback now. When he wins championship or two or three, uh, he'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I live in Indy. I, I uh, was a Colts season ticket holder, but I grew up in Gary, Indiana, a huge Bears fan. So, yes, uh, look, I know all about Aaron Rodgers. I know all about Mark frickin' Sanchez coming in here and whipping our ass. I know all about Buddy Ryan. I've had enough, if you want to know the truth. It's time for the Colts to get off their ass and start competing. But anyway, who is the Jets' biggest rival? Uh, the Jets' biggest rival was always the Miami <clears throat> Dolphins uh, for years. Um, obviously, there's not much of a rivalry with the Patriots the last 20 years. Um, uh, Buffalo is, you know, Buffalo's better now. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, I like to believe we're going to win a division this year. So um, I know everybody's talking about Buffalo, but I think Buffalo – uh, had their chance the last two or three years. I think we're going to take over. Hey, la <clears throat> last thing before I let you go. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> but didn't you put a little boycott on the Jets for a minute? You were not happy for a while. No, no, no. I stepped away for a couple of years. That all, that all had to do with these uh, uh, smartphones that everybody all of a sudden got. I was doing a jet chant for 25 years and all of a sudden there's a smartphone and everybody's video and you're in along with that. You know how it works. Guys are double fist and beers and, uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of things come along with that. So, uh, I mean, it's pretty much detailed, but as far as me ever quitting or that's a joke, I, I stepped away and, um, I've been back for some time and, uh, Looking forward to uh, this ride, this journey with Aaron Rodgers onto a world championship. You're not worried about Aaron Rodgers' age, are you? No, not at all. Aaron takes care of himself, and um, he's got a lot left in the tank. And everybody knows it, you know. All of a sudden, they're going to question Aaron Rodgers now that he went to the Jets. I, I love that. I, I laugh. Uh, he's going to light it up. And uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let's, let, let's see what happens. We, we stay healthy. We're going to have a shot at this thing. All right, brother. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for the update. All the best. Go Jets. All right. that's uh, Go Jets. That's Fireman Ed. Look, I'll say this. Now I want to watch the Jets. I'm not going to lie to you. The only thing good about the Jets was Zach Wilson's mother. Le'Veon Bell went there, and of course, like all athletes now, Le'Veon Bell, a pain in the ass, smoking weed before games, blames the coach. I don't know if you saw this, but he blames the coach. Oh, okay. All right, he blames the coach. Oh. Uh, the Sandy, uh, <clears throat> San Francisco Chronicle. Now listen to this. The San Francisco Chronicle doesn't know, doesn't know if transgender athletes have an advantage. 
The, Tran- the San Francisco Chronicle has to say that, right? Because let's be honest, while San Francisco becomes a despot of homeless and drug use and filth on the streets, obviously the gay community is pretty much centered there. So you have to, as the San Francisco Chronicle, you've got to say, well, I don't know. Well, all you got to do is look no farther than Leah Thomas. All you got to do is look no farther at the results of cyclists. All you got to do is look no farther than the actual results. But hey, let's not beat, let's not beat around the bush. The San Francisco Chronicle says it. Well, God dang, it must be true. Except, ladies and gentlemen, except that now there is a beautiful thing called Community Notes. That's right. Community Notes makes its way into the lexicon of Twitter. And Community Notes is there to straighten you out. Community Notes is there to say, hey, look, we ain't messing around here. We're not jagassing around here. We're going to tell you what's real and what's not real. Experts say a punctuity of research on transgender athletes makes it difficult to determine if trans women actually are faster or stronger. The science is even murkier. For young athletes, yeah, well, damn right it is, of course. I mean, girls, my wife, Lee, uh, could outrun all the boys. Gretchen Wellman used to whip me like it was her job running races. Of course, Community Notes said there is an average of 10 to 12% performance gap between elite males and elite females, according to a Duke study. So the San Francisco Chronicle is doing what literally everybody in the world is doing right now, and that is pandering. We must pander. We don't pander here. We do not pander. No group has a hold on us. No group has a hold on Double D, Clay Travis, Hot Mike, Charlie, and the rest. Who did I forget? Kurt Schilling. No group. We will not pander to anybody. Zero. Zip. Nada. I want to show you this video, but I don't want to see the video. It's a video of uh, three Marines got attacked by a California mob. Let's show it. Let's go. What the hell? Might as well. I mean, look, I hate fight videos. I don't like them. The only fight videos that I like is this. The only fight videos I like is now you can't leave. When my friends at Best Buy lock the doors and beat the hell out of shoplifters. But we have a crisis in this country, and that is teenagers running around without parents, teenagers running around without consequence. And it happened in California. It's a vicious beating three Marines took from a mob of people. And you know it has to be a mob because there's nobody more chicken blank than teenagers in this day and age. Let's go to the mob beating of three Marines. All right. Uh, well, if we don't have it, I ain't mad at you because, well, frankly, I don't want to see it. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I just don't. I don't need to see it. I don't want to see it. Uh, about the fellas of ESPN, uh, uh, Sox guy says, you can have an opinion as long as it's theirs. We're not Americans entitled to the same rights and freedom. There was a day when we could agree to disagree and still love our neighbors. Sadly, those days are gone. That's true. Let me ask you before I get to Clay Travis here, a very simple question. Heat or Nuggets? Who you got? Jokic or Jimmy Butler? Who you got? Tell me, 
Who you got? I'm curious. I'm dying to know. Who you got? I'm taking Jokic. I am. I think I'm taking Jokic. But I got to tell you, I've made a lot of money taking the heat with plus points. I've made a lot of money taking the heat, particularly at home on the money line. But it's hard to go against Jokic because it's not just Jokic. It's Jamal Murray. The NBA playoffs start tomorrow, our finals start tomorrow. And I got to tell you, I'm kind of fired up about it. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of fired up. I think it's going to be a blast. I think it's going to be a great series. And you'll hear all the code words about a white player, whether it's Duncan Robinson or whether, of course, it is Jokic. You'll hear all the code words. Well, I can't believe he gets to the rim. Really? Why? Duncan Robinson dribbles better than Jalen Brown. Well, I can't believe he was able to do that. Why? Duncan Robinson, six foot nine, long, athletic. But the analysts see him as a white boy. Why has it always got to be white boy? Will somebody tell me why does it always have to be white boy? I do not understand this. It shouldn't always be white boy. White boy is the bad, is the wrong thing to say. Uh, I don't get offended by anything. I get tired of things. And I am tired of white boy. I mean, let's be honest. Racist is hell. Demeaning is hell. Now, look, I don't really care. You can say whatever you want to me. It doesn't matter at all. I mean, I am polarizing. I understand. The head of Fox said, well, we love Dan at Big Ten Network. But, man, is he polarizing now? I don't think we can put him on. I never asked to be put on. But I got to tell you, uh, what was, what was uh, Mark uh, Silverman? I get it. I get it. Because we're going to speak truths here. And we're not going to be like the men of ESPN that are scared to death, scared to lose their job. See, that's what the left does. That's why OutKick is rolling. And I'm going to talk to Clay about it next. Because you don't, you don't want to hear from a bunch of cowards that are afraid for their jobs. You want to hear from men, adult men with experience. You want to hear from adult men that have some ass to them, some gravitas. You know what I'm saying? I got uh, Nick says Nuggets in four. Keith says Nuggets in five. Marky Mark says no chance. Kevin Wolf says Nuggets in five. Uh, Colin says Heat are not going to win. Well, Van Pasterman chimes in. Dan, it's funny to me how there are black men who commit crimes. The press doesn't even want to mention their race. Even when they're on the run and need to get caught, it's amazing. That started here in Indy, and I fought it. That's amazing. Look, I judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. It's sad that we don't. Everybody wants to. You know they do. Everybody wants to quote Martin Luther King. Everybody wants to talk. Dr. King said this. Well, the best thing that he said is hopefully we all will be judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin. Well, we're going backwards in that in this country. Hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Jimmy Butler isn't physically set. Jimmy Butler needs to get back to work. I have some insider information on it that I'm swore to secrecy about. But hey, that's the way it is. All right, we're going to be right back. The, the great Clay Travis, the boss. I got 15 minutes with Clay. I want to get into a couple things. ESPN on ESPN Crime. Sage Steele's lawsuit. I want to get into a bunch of stuff with Clay. But first... As my daughter used to say, Daddy, I have to go pop. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, waiting on the boss. We'll always wait on the boss. I learned to wait on the boss when I worked for Bob Knight. We would have a meeting at basically 6 o'clock Sunday night. You know, if you played on Saturday and you won, you didn't practice Sunday. If you played in the afternoon on Saturday, you basically got the rest of Saturday off where you went partying, baby. Oh, yeah. Never in a bar. Always at a party. And then the next day, Sunday, you'd have a 6 o'clock meeting, and Bob Knight was always late. Isaiah Thomas famously led a revolt. The players were leaving after waiting for him for an hour, and here came Knight, and down sat, that's right, down sat um, Isaiah Thomas. NASCAR has suspended Chase Elliott for one, uh, one race for wrecking Denny Hamlin. Look, what are you going to do? Hey, I don't know. He deliberately, Chase Elliott did, he deliberately wrecked Danny Hamlin. You can't deliberately wreck somebody. See, here's the deal with deliberately wreck. I want you to think about this. Think about a sport where you could die. See, basketball, you could paralyze somebody if you pushed them, you flipped them, whatever. You can't do that, right? No, that's no, that's bad business. Football, if you take a cheap shot to the knee, you know what you're doing to eliminate somebody's career. But, and you could die in football, I've always said that, but hockey, you slash, man, we've seen awful stuff there. But in racing, you can die. If I turn into you, you can die. Takes a lot of stupid to do that. So Denny Hamlin showed that he has a lot of stupid, so he is being suspended for one race. Now, Scott Perry is parting ways with the New York Knicks. Scott Perry was a bad coach. He was one of the dudes that was with uh, Fab Five and all that kind of stuff. And he weaned his relationship for whatever, however the hell, into a Knicks job. So he is done now. Good for him. Good for him. He gets out of the Knicks. It's all good. And away we go. All right. A couple of other things that we're going to get into that I think are pretty funny. I don't know if you saw this, but the new mayor of Chicago put out people that are, quote, peacekeepers. They had the deadliest Memorial Day weekend on record. See, I have a theory in life, and I'm curious if you subscribe to this. You ready? Uh It can always get worse. Be careful what you wish for, period. 
No good deed goes unpunished is one of mine. Don't get me wrong. No good deed goes unpunished is serious, but be careful what you wish for. Everybody wanted Lori Lightfoot out. So this idiot, a guy named Brandon Johnson, who is as qualified as this cup right here, uh, is the new mayor. And he's one of these progressive, no cops. We're going to put out on the streets of South Side of Chicago, peacekeepers, 53 shooting victims, 12 murderers. The previous record also in 2015 had 12 fatalities. It does. Has 12 fatalities. Our, uh, the violence in our city this weekend is intolerable. It's produced pain and trauma that devastated communities across Chicago. My heart breaks for everyone, this mayor says. This holiday weekend, thousands of police officers, first responders, city workers. I offer my deep gratitude. A dumbass. How about doing something about it? The said every single resource at our disposal to keep residents safe. As a result of their efforts, thousands of Chicagoans enjoyed themselves on beaches. Yeah, there was a shooting at North Beach. Idiots at a party. It's always a birthday party, family reunion with idiots. We're not allowed to say, but it is. Yeah, it's amazing to me. So, you know, uh, a friend of my uh, stepson lives, you know where uh, Gibson's is? That street, that side street. So Gibson's, that's a very rich neighborhood. He's just a white kid, just walking down the street. Two African-American kids start trying to hit him. He runs. He has to run into the Thompson Hotel. White supremacy? I don't think so. Just walking down the street in a very nice street in Chicago. He's got a great job. He lives at the end of the street in an old apartment on Lakeshore Drive. Just walking. Just walking from Lakeshore Drive to... Uh, what is it, Rush Street, he's got to run in for protection to the Thompson Hotel. That's Chicago for you. North Street Beach, under siege. When you don't have consequences, you have crime, and anybody who doesn't believe that is a stone idiot. So anyway, there you go. That's where we're at in this world today. And we're not, you know, of course we're allowed to say that. Um, Target Pride designer says the company pulled products due to threats from domestic terrorists. Man, when in doubt, say white people, white boy, domestic terrorists, white supremacy. Right. Hey, look, if a domestic terrorist is somebody that says, I'm not going into your store to buy your garbage, sue me. What can I tell you? Well, you're a domestic terrorist, Dan. I am? Yeah. No, I'm a shopper. In a capitalist society, I choose not to go into Target. I choose not to buy Anheuser-Busch. I choose to buy what the hell I want to buy. When I want to buy it, how much I want to buy it, period. You don't like it? Call me whatever names you want. But my fat ass is going to be sitting out there drinking a Lion Kugel or a Blue Moon because, well, I like it a little fruity and having a great time. Call me every name that you'd like, domestic terrorist, white boy. White supremacy, whatever. It don't matter. But I'm going to be sitting out there. Uh, the market value of Target has fallen over $12 billion. See, just don't involve our children. Because Jennifer knows this. When Mama Bear gets mad, it's on. Guys can talk. 
guys are full of crap, guys with all the bluster, we don't really matter, right? We're going to talk, we're going to do our stupid stuff, but just give us air conditioning, something on TV, a beer and a nap, and we're beautiful. But when you piss off Mama Bear, when Mama Bear walks into Target and sees all this crap aimed at children, now you got a problem. Now you got a serious, serious, serious problem. And by all accounts, Mama Bear ain't happy. You know what I'm saying? Mama Bear ain't happy at all. And Target is feeling the brunt. Uh, Great question out of Sean Black. What kind of beer will be at the golf outing? Great question. I don't have an answer. We're going to bring in Clay Travis. Clay Travis is the smartest man in America, and let me tell you why. He started this on his own, wasn't afraid to face the mob, faced the mob, stood strong, and next thing you know, he is the voice of America. And he's also my boss, so I'm doing a little ass-kissing right now. Hey, Clay, we got ESPN on ESPN Crime. Why are the men of ESPN such chicken blanks? I reached out uh, to my friend Norby Williamson, no response. Why are the men of ESPN scared to stand up for Sam Ponder? I think everybody is so terrified of being a target at ESPN right now in the midst of their layoffs. Uh, They're all trying to protect themselves as opposed to saying and doing what they know to be right, Uh, which is, you know, Sometimes I I sit back and think to myself, how crazy is it that in the entire sports media industry, OutKick is the only site that is willing to say men shouldn't be able to compete against women in women's (laughs) athletics. And that's at a position that probably 80 to 90% of sports fans agree with and even people who are not sports fans pretty overwhelmingly agree with it. But I think if you play sports in on any level, uh, and certainly if you're a sports fan, you are an even bigger proponent of, uh, of the idea that, uh, that men should be able to jump into women's sports and become champions. So all of this is crazy to me. Um, uh, in particular, the fact that ESPN is trying to service whatever it is, the 10% of woke fans. And by the way, it might not even be 10% of ESPN's audience, right? I mean, actual sports fans understand better than the general public does uh, how absurd and irrational and crazy this idea really is. You know, you have said this, that literally you're going against – I would say 90% of the public here. Um, Here's where I see it, all right? You can tell me I'm wrong. I saw what happened with Chick-fil-A yesterday. We've all seen that Target has gone south. We've all seen what's happened with Anheuser-Busch. Local brewery here, Sun King, you know, has two moms brew. They just announced. It feels to me, though, that corporations are saying, yeah, we saw what Anheuser-Busch, what happened, but we don't care. We're going to do our thing because the LGT, whatever the hell it is, support is more important than not normal, but regular people's support. Well, I I think there's a couple of things. One, um, 
there is a uh, what I would call Trojan horse universe that has taken over a lot of these companies in terms of them all having substantial woke employees. And so that in and of itself is uh, is a big deal. Um, and so uh, there's a fear of leadership to stand up to these employees. And uh, I mean, I'll use Bob Iger as, as an example. He's the CEO now of, of Disney. Um, the CEOs oftentimes of these big companies don't do what's best for the company anymore, which is what their job actually is. They do what's best for their own self-preservation. Um, because if you were running Disney right now, you would be looking at the data and saying, this is an awful decision that we have made to go woke. It actually is blowing up our brand value. Uh, the left wing support that we are gaining is less than the mainstream and right leaning support that we are losing. And therefore, woke politics as a part of this company is an overall net negative. Um, that's the rational discourse that most people would get involved in and make, uh, and that's not happening. Um, so uh, I, I think this is – look, if, if woke capitalism was good for business, if you could show me on uh, the ledger, hey, we're losing 4% support, but we're gaining 12% support, so this is a net plus 8 for the overall company – I would say, okay, I might disagree with the trajectory, and there probably are some companies for which that is true. But companies that are designed to appeal to the entire nation uh, are not in that calculus. They're losing big, whether it's ESPN, whether it's Disney, whether it's Bud Light, uh, whether it is Target. These companies that rely upon the overwhelming uh, audience as a whole it makes zero sense. And again, the data is pretty clear. I mean, you can go look. This is not just me extrapolating. You can go look at Axios um, and the number of Democrats that Disney has gained support from drastically is lower than the number of Republicans that Disney has lost. So going woke doesn't add you in a general sense anywhere near as much as they lose. What do you make of the Dodgers, including um, I'm Catholic, and I don't care what you call me. You can call me anything you want. I mean, in my name, all you got to do is take out the A in Dockage, put in an I and whatever you want, or take out the D and put in a J, and you got, you know, I mean, so I don't, I've dealt with crap my whole life. And, you know, but what do you make of the Dodgers, the L.A. Dodgers giving in to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence? And, and I think this is unprecedented, Clay, Players on their own team and players on other teams are standing up a little bit. What do you make of this? Well, I, I think, first of all, in the player perspective, there is a position where the players feel like they're being forced to endorse things that they disagree with based on the teams making decisions to have all these different nights. And I, I don't know the answer to this, but a part of me wonders whether this is just promotions run amok, by which I mean, did the Dodgers actually gain that much by having special theme nights? 
shouldn't the team right. just be focused on trying to put a really good product <laughs> on the field? And I mean, that's as opposed to having any night, right? Whether it's a faith night or whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, LGBT pride night or whatever you want to call it. Um, for me, the goal would be, hey, let's just have an incredible experience for everyone, regardless of their background. I understand if you want to give away, like, you, you know, something to fans when they come in, it's calendar night or it's, uh, you know, foam tomahawk night if they still do that with the Atlanta Braves, right? Like, my kids are Braves fans. There's something cool about getting a bobblehead when you go in or whatever. But I don't make a choice to go to a baseball game. I've got my tickets booked to go watch the Atlanta Braves with my kids uh, in uh, in late July. I have no idea what the giveaways are going to be, right, um, for, that, uh, for that night because my kids are Braves fans and we just want to go watch the Braves play. So I think it's a failure of the overall brand that you have to put together all these marketing nights in general in an effort to try to appeal to different groups. Shouldn't you just appeal to everyone, every single game, by putting the best possible product value out there for anyone coming to your games? Uh, so that is, that's my big-picture question on the necessity for all of this stuff. Going to a Dodger game, to me – should be a big enough draw without having to attach it to any particular uh, symbolism associated with the night in question. Uh, But there is a 0% chance that the LA Dodgers would have a night for a Muslim group that ridiculed Muslims for a Jewish group that, uh, that ridiculed Jewish people or Hindu or whatever, uh, whatever uh, religion you point to out there. In fact, If you had the equivalent for what the Sisters of the Poor are doing for members of the Catholic faith, and instead it was directed toward Muslims, there would be a uh, fatwa out on the L.A. Dodgers team, and they would have to have their own, you know, haunted secret service protection to keep themselves from getting murdered for making fun of the Muslim faith. Now, clearly... That is unacceptable in terms of what we saw happen to Salman Rushdie and everything else. But that's how serious members of, uh, of the Muslim faith would treat ridicule of their religion. And it's such that no one would ever dream inside the Dodger organization of having a mockery of the Muslim faith as part of any other uh, event. So my position on it in general is just, yeah, you probably shouldn't allow any group that mocks any religious group. Uh, and that seems like a pretty easy rule to follow. It doesn't seem hard. You know, it, <laughs> it, it, it legitimately does not seem even a little bit hard. Hey, um, I want to go to something. I, you're a lawyer. I'm not. I've texted with Sage Steele. Um, the Vanity Fair article came out yesterday. A lot of new stuff. Does she have a case here? Where do you think this is going to end up, Sage Steele versus ESPN? Well, I think it's a bad look for ESPN, and I saw Megyn Kelly tweet uh, out that article and, uh, and, and add in, you know, it's certainly ironic that Disney is suing uh, uh, the state of Florida and arguing that their First Amendment speech is trying to be restricted by the state of Florida uh, while simultaneously 
trying to enforce all prohibition of employee First Amendment rights uh, on Sage Steel, um, in particular when they've got a situation where employees feel fine endorsing, for instance, the idea that Sam Ponder is a bigot for to circle back when we started this conversation because she thinks women shouldn't have to compete against men in, in, in men's sports. Um, and so I'm not an expert in the uh, particular uh, uh, statutes that Sage Steele has sued under in the state of Connecticut, which is where ESPN is based. Uh, but based on my reading of this case, um, I, I think Sage Steele has a compelling case. And what I think she is uh, demonstrating is the extreme hypocrisy of ESPN when it comes to what speech it allows and what speech it doesn't. And let me just be clear on this. My position on this has been the same going all the way back to the Jamel Hill and Kurt Schilling controversies. And it is this. I think every employee should be entitled to their own personal opinions outside of work. Now, if you want to tell me that back in the day, uh, ESPN tosses to Kurt Schilling and they say, hey, should the Red Sox have pulled their reliever in this game or not? And Kurt Schilling had said, well, I don't really want to answer that question, but let me tell you what I think about trans-related issues. And he used ESPN's broadcast to propagate his own personal opinions on trans issues in a way that was not connected in any way to sports. I would say, you know what, I understand why ESPN doesn't want Kurt Schilling doing that. But when you're trying to restrict the speech of your employees outside of work, and in fact you are firing Kurt Schilling uh, over what he said, and I'm glad Kurt is at OutKick now, and then simultaneously you are allowing on-air explicit protests, right, uh, which is what they did uh, surrounding the Florida bill. They had a moment of silence during the NCAA Women's Championship. Um, that's not similar treatment, right? Um, so as a general rule, there should be, I think, no matter where you work, you should be able to go on Facebook and say whatever you think about any political issue under the sun, and it shouldn't implicate where you work. I think one of the big flaws of social media has been this idea that organizations need to have opinions on all their employee opinions. I disagree with that. But what ESPN has created is a world where if you have left-wing opinions, you can say anything. And if you have anything other than far left-wing opinions, you're supposed to keep your mouth shut. Hey, I know you got to run, but I got to tell you, the AOC parody account is my new favorite account on Twitter. It's unbelievable. Have you seen it? I have. Yeah, she blocked it. I saw that uh, the other day. Um, look, I, I think that if humor is an important part of, uh, yes. uh, of what humor and satire, people in positions of power should have to deal with. And it's amazing how often humor and satire and parody are, uh, because again, they're the province of absolutism. And people who are absolutely powerful should be uh, have their uh, ha- have their sort of uh, you know ego punctured on a regular basis. So uh, I'm supportive of uh, of all forms of ridicule in general. Me too. Thanks, Clay. Have a great day, my man. Hey, appreciate y'all. Keep up the good work.
All right. That's the great Clay Travis. I was going to say on the hotline because I'm 14 years. I, I don't know why I was just going to say on the hotline right there, but I was going to give it the hotline. Those people over at ESPN or at uh, uh, our place at Emmis or Radio One or Urban One, whatever the hell it's called, you guys listen to me. It was always after a guess. Hey, that was brought to you on the hotline. I forget who the hotline was. At one point, it was Yingling, which I totally, completely support. Don't forget, hit the like button, bang on the subscription. We're getting close to a million subscribers here on the OutKick Network of Love, baby. All right, um, I got to tell you, there are a few things that disappoint me more than um, my Cubs. Can you explain baseball to me just real quick? Can you explain to me, anybody, anytime, anywhere, how the Cubs can get swept by the Reds, who are awful, who have been awful since basically 91, come home and take two from Tampa Bay, who's been really, really, really good. Can anybody explain this to me? I know a hot pitcher. I know there's 162 games. I know the entire thing. I do. But the fact of the matter is, it drives me bat blank crazy. It drives me so crazy, in fact, that I'm taking a hiatus. I figure it this way. If you don't want to play, then don't play. Let me know when you do. All right. Back to the AOC. You know who AOC is? I don't even know what the hell her name is. She's just, she talks like this and she wants to be cool and whatever. I mean, kind of hot. Uh, but anyway, uh, AOC lashed out at a parody account impersonating her. Oh, man. I got to tell you. I got to tell you. It's the best account on Twitter. It is awesome. I mean, this account will make you laugh. This account will make you, honest to God, get to the point where you cry. Uh, after brainstorming with my staff, I'm going to push Congress to make it illegal to joke, laugh, or make fun of me. Parody should be illegal. Every time my boyfriend farts, I make him plant a tree to offset his carbon emissions. It is the best account on a daily basis. Actually, it tweets more than me. I didn't think that anybody tweeted more than me, but this account does to the point where Politico had to write an article to explain it. Now, it's parody. It's ridiculousness. And they had to write an article to explain it wasn't really her. It says parody in the account. That's the amount of jackassery that AOC is involved with. That's the level where you cannot tell parody of her from the real her. This might be the wine talking, but I got a crush on Elon Musk. There's a parody tweet right there. Let's go to a real AOC tweet coming up after. I love this stuff, man. There's a fake account on here impersonating me and going viral. The Twitter CEO has engaged it, boosting visibility. It is releasing false policy statement. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's showing you to be the idiot that you are and gaining speed. Spread. Spread. I am assessing with my team how to move forward. In the meantime, be careful of what you see. Yeah, okay. 
I'll give Crazy here credit. Look at the views on that. 21 million, 22.1 million views. Hey, that's pretty damn strong. Yay, Rock, go fight, win. AOC, you the woman, woman. But honest to God, it is fun. This is just disgusting. A New York jury, listen to this story, gave Equinox employee who showed up late 47 times. They gave her $11 million for race discrimination. She showed late 47 times. Uh, let me put it to you this way. She ain't white. 47 times late. They gave her $11 million Because wrongful, you can't even fire somebody that's been gone or that shows up 47 times late. I'm not going to do, usually I go, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. No, no, no. I'm not going to do that. Not 10, not 20, not 30, not 40, not 45, 46, but 47 times a jury gave this clown $11 million. A pro golfer won a unique custom Charles Schwab 1973 Bronco. Let's take a look at this Bronco from 1973. What are we doing? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that bad boy. Uh, All right. Let's take a look with him, the guy with it. This is freaking awesome. Uh, I actually, I actually um, bet on this guy Grillo one time. Not only won the $1.56 million purse for winning the CS Challenge, he also won a pretty sweet 1973 Ford Bronco. That's what I'm talking about. You win the tournament, you get the cash, and you get a 73 Bronco. You know, at a golf outing that I hosted in Bowling Green, one of my players had a car that was all beat up. We put it on the hole and said a hole-in-one wins this car. It's not the same thing. The 1973 Bronco seems to be pretty stingy. Seems to be pretty good. But I got to tell you, that's pretty cool. You win the tournament, and, ladies and gentlemen, you win the Bronco. How great is that? All right, when we come back, Nick Saban not happy about the state of the state of college football. Hey, Nick, I got you not happy right here. Yeah, it does. Yeah, you guys don't need the beast complaining. Use Nick uh, Saban. I love impersonations. I'm sorry. I love impersonations. Also, I got What the Hell Wednesday out the wazoo, and you are going to like it. Also, um, there was there's a writer for the uh, Outkick who's awesome. I'll talk about her tweet and my response to her tweet when we come back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. You know, one of the great things about working at OutKick, and there's a lot of them, but one of them is you just get some funny stuff. Uh, We'll go back to Lizzo for a second and then a tweet from a great writer here, Amber Harding Snyder. So Lizzo says, Lizzo wants you to stop talking about her body. Okay, well, great. All right, Lizzo, we'll do that. 
uh, Amber Harding Snyder says, I don't spend 10 days a week in the gym so I can feel healthy, reduce my risk of heart disease, or any other reason I actually should train for. I do it so I can drink beer and still look good naked. That and more of my infinite wisdom on nightcaps. You got to follow Amber at the Amber Harding. I agree. Like, that's why I go to the gym. Me too. Drink beer, look great naked. That is why I Peloton. It is. That's why I Peloton. Now, I'm on a testosterone treatment, so I'm buff. I'm obviously tan with a great head of hair on me. But I got to tell you, that's exactly why I do it. I do it for the people. Because let me tell you something. Out here at my pool, people drive by boats, and they're always honking. They're always giving me a thumbs up. Oh, our fist. They're always giving me, keep going, Dan. It's awesome. But I got to look ripped. You know what I mean, Amber? You know what I mean. So it's got to be workout every day because I love to drink beer. I love to sit and drink beer. And I love to look good naked. That's right. I'm with you. That's reason number 6,924 why it is awesome to work at OutKick because we, ladies and gentlemen, have like-minded people. That's right. In fact, after I take care of business uh, coming up here after the show, I am going to go work out. All right, ladies and gentlemen, dun to the dun dun to the dun to the dun dun to the dun it is what the hell Wednesday. You want to see something so gross that it actually made me sick. It doesn't happen very often, but it's so gross that you might throw up just watching this. Oh, pukes, falls, ah, jeez. There are good days, there are days, and there are horrifically bad days. That, my friends, is a horrifically bad day. I don't know what that man ate. I don't know what that man did. I don't know how that man did it, but son of a biscuit maker. You got to watch this one close. See, at the Indy 500 the other day, a tire flew off, and people are all upset because it flew over the fence Basically, into the park, excuse me, into the parking lot during the race. Damaged a car. Well, you don't want to get too, oh, close when there's racing going on. This is a race. And a dude got too close. You're not supposed to stand and boom, in and around the track when the good old boys are racing. I love imitations. I do. I love imitations. When the good old boys be racing, I got to tell you, you need one thing and one thing only. Sit away from the race. Sit in the stands. Get behind a fence, dummies. Do something other than get too close or you, too, could get sideswiped and it ain't going to be pretty. It ain't going to be pretty at all. So I would say that both have had horrific days. I would say that both uh, need to do something else other than what it is that they did. The first guy didn't need to drink or do whatever so much. The second guy just needed to stand his backside out of the way. All right. You know, this doesn't make me mad at all. I, 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 I skateboarders in downtown areas give me a headache. They do. 
skateboard, bicyclists on roads that don't have a bike lane. They want to be part of it, but guess what? They don't want to obey traffic laws. They buzz through four-way stops at all. You got to see this downhill dash made by a skateboarder. This is not good either. And rarely, rarely does a Prius win. But I got to tell you, let's show the skateboarder, in this case, the Toyota Prius won. It beat go, the go, skateboarder. Go fast, go fast, go fast, go fast. Go fast, no! Why, bro? Why? You are fucking stupid. I literally told you to stop your car. I told you to stop your car, bro. Why did you have to sneak past, bro? Why? Was it worth it, bro? Why'd you sneak past? I put my hands out like that for a reason. Why'd you sneak past? Bro, you just fucking almost killed him. I know, and I told you to stop turning the corner because there's a reason. I wasn't like doing that for no reason, bro. Fuck, bro, he literally flipped over your entire car. Bro, at least apologize to folks. Come on, man. What? Are you good, bro? You good? So, this is the cars, the driver of the car's fault, that some idiot decided to go eight bazillion miles an hour and run into a Toyota. It's the car's fault, bro. Oh, bro. Oh, God, bro. Young people are idiots. Man, bro. Shut up. Uh, The next one, look, I got to tell you, the next one I'm kind of digging. Wait. Oh, yeah, there's a guy. (laughs) That looks like Bloomington right there. Is that breaking away? Man, bro. All right, the next one. Well, this doesn't go so well. Uh, I don't know if this is a soapbox derby or what this thing is. But you know what? A couple of dudes decide, there you go, boom. Now, I'll give you this. The ramp's not that high. And by the way, raise your hand if you jumped ramps when you were a kid. Like, we could put anything together, and it was going to be a ramp, and we couldn't wait to jump it. Now, we didn't wear helmets because we didn't have helmets, so I respect these guys that at least these guys here decided, well, you know what, we're probably going to crash. This probably isn't the smartest idea that we're going to have. We're probably going to crash, so why don't we at least put on some gear and a helmet? I'll respect that. Damn, bro! I told you! Why would anybody ever listen to a young person, going back to the previous video, telling you to do anything with another idiot coming down the street? Well, I wouldn't listen to any of these idiots, but I don't listen. You know, I am not a great, I am a great listener in interviews, but I'm not a great listener when it comes to, you know, damn, bro. Shut up. Give me a headache. All right. Let's see this one. Guy squares up a kangaroo. Now that's a hell of a headline. Man squares up a kangaroo. He going to fight the kangaroo in Australia. They're going to throw some hands here. Let's see how this works out. All right. All right. Here we go. Oh, 
Good for him. Saved his dog. That's a man right there. That man cannot work at ESPN. This man here cannot work at ESPN because he has guts. He has sack. He has satchel. He has cojones. You know what I'm saying? He runs into the fray to save his dog, squares up a kangaroo, gives him a nice shot, and next thing you know, the kangaroo is stunned. I like the fact that the kangaroo is bouncing. He tells the dog to go, but the dog ain't listening. The dog is headed hard right. The dog, uh, boom! All right? Now go, mutt. Go, Lula. Go. Jazz out of here. Go. Watch the dog. You'll see him on the right side. Dog says, well, I don't even know who you are, man. I appreciate you fighting for me, but I'm going to go the other way. Oh, man. Um, I will give you a what the hell. I'll give you a what the hell. Random acts of kindness are fun. Random acts of kindness are the best. So I'm going to give you a Danny D suggestion, okay? A Danny D suggestion is this. Do a random act of kindness. Remember yesterday I told you that on Memorial Day I was in line and I was buying stuff, struck up a conversation, and bought the people behind 85-year-old woman and her stepdaughter? No, I'm not taking my shirt off. No. No. What is wrong with you people? No. I'll pull it up, give you a little look at the belly. But anyway, so I do this random act of kindness. And last night, and I, am, I don't mean to be bragging here. I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to promote something. So last night, I'm minding my own business, right? I'm minding my own business. I'm not saying nothing. And I get a, I get this. It's a long message. It's a long message from the, the daughter-in-law of the older lady. Dan, I just wanted to thank you again for a random act of kindness to my mother-in-law. We had no idea who you were until you're out the door. A couple behind us recognize you, though. And that is how I found you. Janelle and Bob, a.k.a. Grandma and Grandpa, have been fans of yours for years. They're huge IU fans. About a year ago, Grandpa started declining, and by Christmas, he was an invalid. He's in hospice. Grandma's his private primary caregiver. She had a mild stroke after Mother's Day. He's lost like 50 pounds. We're all torn up. The joy you spread yesterday was immense. She was for a brief moment. Her old happy self. Grandpa was all smiles when he shared the, when we shared the story. He told us all about watching you play against Michael Jordan and following him out. This family loves their basketball. Please tell your mom she should be proud. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is what, for a brief moment, she was her old happy self. And Grandpa was all smiles. I didn't say I'm Dan Doc. I didn't say nothing. I just saw some nice people, and we figured, you know what? I'm a blessed dude. I'm buying their groceries. It didn't even bother me that it was a case of Budweiser. That's how committed I was. But let's do a random act of kindness today. So I'm going to go now. I text or I messaged her back and said, hey, look, my wife and I want to come see Grandpa and talk some IU hoops. We want to go out. We want to talk some IU hoops. We want to see how grandpa is. We forget old people. 
you know what? And we're all going to be old people. Like, I'm this close to being old people. You know what I'm saying? I'm this close. I'm, I get called old all the time. Old man yells at clouds. Old man this, old man that. Well, guess what? You're going to be old too. And we got to protect, enhance, and help our elderly. So you see somebody that looks like they could need some help. You see somebody that looks like, hey, why don't I buy their groceries for them? I don't know. You know, maybe the lady is a multi-bazillionaire. I have no idea. I just know they were fun. And I will tell you this. It's not like they had $500 worth of groceries. I'm a good guy, but I'm no fool. But hey, so today you're in the Starbucks line. Today, something simple as holding a door. There is never a part of me ever that walks in a building ahead of a woman, ever. You're walking with your wife. Walk on the side of the street. Car hits you. Hey, it hits you, not her. That's part of being a man. I should go to ESPN and I should teach a lesson. I should teach a lesson in how to be a man to these men. Also, happy birthday to my beautiful sister. Mary Jacqueline Dockage, 25-year prosecuting attorney in Monroe County, a.k.a. Bloomington, Indiana undergrad, Indiana law grad, just an awesome, awesome, awesome woman, has raised two great kids, Emily and Nick. I'm so proud of my little sister. She's six years younger than me, but I remember the day she was born, I drove my bicycle around my cousin's uh, neighborhood yelling, the queen is born, the queen is born. Yeah, I was that kind of weirdo. But that's all right. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. What are you going to do? Um, here's the deal. Let's go to woke dope Let's see what clowns are woken. Let's see what clowns are doping today. What do we got? What do we got? I want to see some fools around here. <laughs> that's exactly right. Boy, is that right. The whole, the science is real. Black lives matter, blah, blah, all those signs that your neighbors had. Man, is this true. Migrants sent to sanctuary cities. Oh, yeah. Board that stuff up, baby, and get the camera out. Get the TDT or whatever your home security system is. We've seen it literally in every city. Every single city. Seriously. It's awesome, right? Oh, we're a migrant city. They're all dreamers. Yay, rah, until they show up on your front door. That is good. All right, what else we got? Oh, my God. Boy, is this unbelievable right here, right? This is unbelievable. We worry. I, you know I have a segment here. We worry about the absolute dumbest things. We worry about, we're going to ban plastic straws. Look at this mess. Look at this mess. This could be L.A. This could be San Francisco. This could be Sacramento. Who knows? I don't think it's San Diego. But I got to tell you, uh, it's unbelievable. But hey, hey, they got rid of plastic straws, people. Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. They showed you. They showed you what's up. That's it. They showed you what is up, peoples. <laughs> By getting rid of plastic straws. Look, 
I get a kick out of the world that we live in. I think you do too. Like the YouTube chat is, you know what? Pretty good. Tanner Hall did a random act of kindness. He liked our show. Like our show. Let's get 200 likes going. We got like 350 people currently on. I don't even know. But let's get a couple hundred likes going. Let's like the living hell out of this show. Yeah. Dan, human fe- dog, Dan, Marby Dog says human feces is unsanitary. What is the next city to look like this? Why you don't want to be misgendered by an ar- archaeologists. <laughs> you know, one of the things that has happened, would you guys agree with this? One of the things that has happened is there's a stigma now to drinking Bud Light. There is. There's like a stigma. Like, don't be caught drinking Bud Light unless you're in the shape of this mummified in a tomb human being. You know what I mean? I'm with Gritty, a.k.a. Jennifer. Paper straws should be outlawed. The only straws that we should have are edible. Somebody should make an edible straw. I don't know what the flavor would be. Make flavored edible straws. That way, you're doing it, you're eating it, and away you go. You don't have to worry about uh, Orca getting a bite out of something plastic and dying. You don't need a marine biologist. You don't. You don't need a marine biologist when you have edible straws. (laughs) That's like there was a movie with uh, Henry Winkler and Michael Keaton called Night Shift. And Michael Keaton did not like his lot in life working in a morgue, and he was always coming up with ideas. Put the mayonnaise in the tuna. Edible straws, baby. Edible straws. That's right. Edible straws. Uh, Anyway, all right, let's get to sports for just a minute. Shall we? Can we? Will we? Could we? One of the things that's going to happen tomorrow when you watch the NBA, and by the way, you can get mad at the NBA all you want, but the ratings just came out and TNT just did incredible numbers, and they should. They seriously should, if you think about it. Uh, Playoffs have been great. The bigger cities are playing, Boston and Miami, big cities. And you got Charles Barkley and the rest. There you go. There you go. Did somebody steal my idea? Fun and tasty. (laughs) Wait. Oh, this is a snack. Can I put it? I got my little Yeti right here. Can I put it in there and drink with it? If so, I ladies and gentlemen, am buying it. <laughs> I, I've never gone the edible underwear route, although I have, I have to go out today, and there is a Sorella's somewhere around, so I may go get a pair of edible underwear. I've never really gone that route, not for me, obviously. Uh, edible straws, nice. All right, let's get into a little bit of sports, okay, shall we? Um, our guy, man, I got to tell you, I I, got to tell you, our guys, Ryan, are on it today. They are sharp. Nick and Dylan and Ryan, they are. mm, 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 mm. I can't keep up. Hey, did you see where Nick Saban's mad about NIL, really? You better be careful. See, Nick Saban can say it because Nick Saban's got the cachet. Anybody else says it, man, everybody loses their mind. Remember a couple years ago they lost their mind on Mike Gundy for wearing an OAN shirt? People lost their mind. Players were going to boycott. Oh, okay. 
The world is nuts. But Nick Saban isn't wrong. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. Uh, this NIL stuff is ridiculous. This NIL stuff, uh, you're going to tell me it's great for the student athlete. I'll say, okay. Uh, if you say so, okay. You know, I, I don't know. You guys, you guys think it's okay, but let's see what happens. Do you know that, like, what is it, like 75 to 80% of lottery winners go broke? You know that? You know, the soul, the soul of college football, the soul of college football is lost. What soul is that, actually? What is really the soul of college football? You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Nick Saban said, if you want to unionize it, unionize it. Make it like the NFL. Then he brought up USC, Texas, and Texas A&M. You think parity is here? I think the way Southern Cal, Texas, and Texas A&M are spending money, it hasn't hit yet. What are you willing to spend? Now, of course, all those schools get all up in arms. But I got to tell you, hey, it is what it is. You can complain about it or you can go raise more money. See, Nick Saban had an uneven playing field for years. He was at Alabama. He's a great coach. He could go recruit anyone he wanted. Now the playing field's actually getting a little bit level. Nobody really, when Kevin Sumlin was there, and I think Kevin Sumlin was a really good coach at Texas A&M, but they didn't have any advantages. Now they've got advantages. Now they've got, hey, you know what? What are we doing? Now we've got Wait a second, we can outspend Alabama, we can outspend LSU, money talks, BS walks. So if you're worried about the soul of college football, just don't. It's gone a long time ago. Soul of college basketball, gone a long time ago. No soul here. We don't care about the institution. See, I've said this forever and people crush me. Um, We don't care about the institutions. We don't care about what our universities stand for. We don't care about that. We care about appeasing 18 to 23-year-olds. If an 18 to 23-year-old isn't happy, then God dang it, we got to straighten this out. We must straighten it out immediately. Doesn't matter if the 18 to 23-year-old is insignificant to the university other than to throw a ball, catch a ball, shoot a ball, or pass a ball. I'm just saying The truth of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, how about we build the biggest, the best, the brightest, and then invite football players to come, man. Look, look at what we got. Look at what we got. We got a great place here for you to go to school. You don't like it? Fine. Go play football in Europe. Oh, there isn't football in Europe? I don't know. That's the way I look at it. The soul? Nikki, baby, you're the most handsome 70-year-old man this side of Leonard Hamilton. God bless you. But there ain't no soul to college football. I'll tell you what there is, though. Don't ever discard this. Players work harder than ever before. Ever. And I mean ever. Ever. They work hard. They're up early. It's insane. And it's not just football and basketball. I mean, I've talked to you about Tegan and the Harvard Soft. They work hard. All right, as I said, hey, you guys are awesome today. We had a huge crowd. Appreciate you. You guys make the show go. You guys set my attitude for the rest of the day. When you guys show up in droves and we have an unbelievable, and I mean unbelievable YouTube chat, everything is good. Everything is great. Just saying. 
But the truth of the matter is, we'll be back at it tomorrow, and we'll be fired up tomorrow. Tomorrow's Thursday already. But I got to go. Look, here's my life. You ready? I don't know if you guys do this. Lost my rangefinder on the golf course, so I got to go get it. Yanked on a cord on my lawnmower last week, so I got to go get it. My life is in a shambles. It's first world problems, ladies and gentlemen. It's first world problems like these that make me go, huh, what a great life we all got. Let's be thankful for it. I'm thankful for Dylan. Welcome back, Dylan. Dylan went out and shot like 68, 67, 68, 72 all weekend playing golf. Ryan and Nick, you guys are on it, man. Ryan is just nailing it. And I'm very, very thankful for all of you. And as always, thank you, Aaron, Gary, Clay, for coming on. Fireman Ed, fantastic day. All right, get out there, pay it forward, do something nice for somebody. Do something above and beyond for somebody. See how it feels. And you can tell me about it tomorrow. People always say, well, you're not that good a guy if you got to tell somebody about it. I love imitations. Well, that's bullshit. The truth of the matter is, uh, when I talk about it, it's to encourage others to do it as well. And I hope you do. Have a wonderful afternoon, everybody. See you.